0: I was living in a devil town.
1: I didn't
0: know it was a devil town. Oh Lord, it really brings me down. I'm Welcome to the Devil's
1: down. Junkie Podcast. We're five and two. Uh, and after a forty to sixteen loss to Colorado at Boulder, uh, I think, you know, there's some uh, sore bodies and bruised feelings. Uh, but we're we're gonna see what we can do leading into uh, <laughs> Washington State. It was a rough one. When I was out in Boulder. Um, I'm here with uh, Brett Quintine and Chili, as always. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna sort through this Colorado mess a little bit. Uh, talk about the upcoming week and and get into some other things. Um, <laughs> Brett, how you doing this week? Doing alrighty. Doing good.
2: It's um, wow. The Sun Devils are kind of back to reality a little bit. I mean, they started off. and now they've dropped two of their last three, and I think you phrased it well, just sore bodies and bruised feelings. We're in the midst of the heart, midst of the heart, yeah, I guess that's a proper phrase, of the Pac-12 schedule. Conference play wears on you. The first few games, yeah, hey, everybody gets out of the gate, but this is where the Christian Sam injury is starting to show a little bit. Unfortunately, and I don't think any of us thought that we'd be down to a potential fourth string quarterback. So injuries are really hurting this club, that mixed with, and something you've been big on, the lack of the running game, all of it added up into a negative on Saturday.
0: You know, I think a lot of people thought that we would be at this point of the season looking at three and four or four and three. So to be five and two right now, um, I I think we're okay, except for the fact that you know we are tinkering with our third fourth fifth string quarterbacks, yeah. um, players that didn't even take snaps um, during week one and two um, you know but it's a position that we're young at so yep. you know like I mean I'm I'm almost like even though we have injuries I'm almost encouraged by the situation that ASU has going on because these players are these young quarterbacks are learning how to work within a winning environment and a positive atmosphere, and it's great for, uh, you know, players like Nikhil Harry to be exposed to, to that. Um, and you're senior, right,
2: five and two is not a bad record, not at
0: all, there's, with what they're going through right now. There's sure. at least 50 other teams in the country that would love to be five and two. I can safely say that. Um, and, you know, also I think like, you know, uh, just the senior leadership has been great. And I thought the senior leadership last year was great even though we were struggling with wins and stuff. But this year, like, they've really stepped up, and they've really kind of paved the way and showed the young kids how to get things done.
1: But one thing about this Colorado team, uh, and it, it, it was a marketing slogan, uh, a clever one, you know, the, the whole the rise is real thing, the rise of the Buffalo. Um, but I've been bought in even before the season started i like coach mcintyre uh, their defensive coordinator jim levitt was a great addition i feel like they're finding gyms in the recruiting game i feel like they are on all of these four stars radars mm-hmm. um you know we're we're battling over you know a guy who probably should have committed to asu months ago you know and alex perry we're wow. battling with colorado uh you know bubba bolden who's become a hot commodity all over the country is still looking seriously at colorado um they got a commitment today from KD Nix and a guy that a guy that ASU offered well over a year ago out of DeSoto high in in Texas, a a school that ASU at one point had like seven or eight offers out to, to kids there. Um, it's their second four-star they've gotten this week. The rise is real. It's not, it's not just a marketing slogan. This team is coming of age. They're recruiting well, and they're very senior heavy. I feel like Arizona state got beat by the better team. And after the game, uh, standing there listening to Todd Graham talk about uh, what happened to his team, how Colorado was able to run the ball on them like nobody ever has before, um, it, it really sounded like this is a, a program and a team that Todd Graham respects as well. Uh, and so in, in my personal opinion, the better team ultimately won, healthy or not healthy, mm-hmm. the better team ultimately won on Saturday. What do you guys think of that?
2: I'd probably say the better team won. I think Philip Lindsey was sort of a, uh, well, it certainly wasn't a household name. A lot of people slept on him. And for him to have that huge game, and this wasn't his first big game of the year. He's their, he's their guy, he's their workhorse. And when you look at sort of the national media, you don't hear his name kicked around. So when you have a strong running game, and we're gonna address the running game very shortly, that's going to really open up a lot of things. So yeah, I, I think Colorado overall, it's probably a better team, and now the Sun Devils have some work to do if they're looking to win that Pac-12 South.
0: Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that the better team necessarily won. it. It's it's um, a disappointing loss for ASU. Uh, I think that there's a lot of questions that um, kind of hover around this game. Should Manny Wilkins have been the guy starting? Uh should we have given DSC a chance um there are we ever going to start just running the ball um there there's there's so, there's so many issues um are we going to ever figure out the tackling thing um that's why I kind of think Colorado's a
2: better team cuz they yeah. have a lot of that in place
0: yeah i but i don't know it's just, it's just so tough that with all those things being said like i still think that I still think that you know taking this shellacking from Colorado could have been avoided. Um, I I, I still believe, I still believe within me that ASU could have, would have, and should have squeezed out a victory somehow. But I mean, I don't know.
1: It is hard to admit that a team that has literally never won a Pac-12 South game before and celebrated on the field like they had clinched a. (laughs) an old school style bcs berth, like that that wow that that's a that that's a team that acted like they had been there before or knew they were that good now obviously they're just kind of blowing off steam and and everything like that, but I can see where it's kind of hard to admit that a team that hasn't been there before, or really had a chance to prove it beyond the last couple of games of this season, mm-hmm. that did lose to USC, that did lose to Michigan, even though playing well, uh, is a team that should have beat Arizona State, especially when they were 0-7 all time going in against yes. Arizona State.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm it's. Um, I can agree. I can definitely agree with that statement. I'm trying to figure out, you know, um, where ASU. <laughs> How, how you fix this. Um, because, because a lot to, of things were exposed because, on well, Saturday. Um, to, to, to make it out like Colorado is such a far superior team, I think would be an inaccurate statement um, of what this ASU team is kind of doing this season. Um, the development that they're going through. Um, it's somewhat of a youth movement at key positions. And, mm-hmm. you know... Just and quite, I wouldn't even
2: say far superior. I just think on whether you want to go man to man or whether you want to go top to bottom, I think the Buffaloes are right now a better team than ASU. And I. it's always hard to just predict a victory. But I, I certainly thought that this was going to be a hard fought game if ASU was to win and they didn't bring their A game.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, it's it's definitely over now, which puts us in an interesting situation where um, uh, it's crowded at the top of the mm-hmm. Pac-12 South. Uh, USC is kind of sorta in control of of their fate, having a, being two and two in the Pac-12 South or in the Pac-12 overall, and 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 having a victory over Colorado. How do you ultimately feel like the Pac-12 South shakes out? Who's the favorite
2: right now? Wow, that that's tough because I think it is still kind of wide open Um, obviously you got the USC UCLA battle later on this year Um, I got to think that USC has the firepower to win that Um, you look at what Colorado's done hard to pick a winner it really honestly for me it's hard to pick a winner I might because it's all muddled and we've seen a lot of uh, quarterbacks Switch around. We've seen the makeups of these teams shift very quickly. Right now, I'm going to lean towards USC. And obviously, you know Utah not super convincing. Right there, mm-hmm.
1: uh, with a five point victory over Oregon State when Oregon State was down to their third string quarterback in that game. So uh, definitely hard to tell. We can pretty much figure it's not going to be Arizona. Uh, at correct. this point, definitely they are getting correct. their quarterback back, but but they're at a point where. Um, the they' they're, they might just be battling to get to six and six uh-huh. uh, as a best case scenario for the wildcats uh, let's talk about Manny Wilkins a little bit because he came in he wasn't a hundred percent Todd Graham even admitted it he was probably around 8590 coming in he was taking the type of hits that you see in movies where you know you know those types of hits are not realistic you know your clotheslines lift you off your feet type hits (laughs) stuff you see on youtube yeah or like varsity blues style so uh but he he was taking those hits um and at one point in the game you know i started to genuinely being at the game feel uncomfortable about the level of punishment he was taking i believe by the third quarter i was calling for him to be to be pulled. I think a lot of people probably felt the same way, just for, not not even for the sake of trying to win the game, because at that point, it it really felt out of hand uh, when Colorado scored on their first possession in the second half. But what really, what, what it really became a matter of preservation Mm -hmm. at that point, and Manny Wilkins was in the game until the last series with less than a minute left, and continued to take punishment. How do you guys feel about that?
2: Well, I'll say this, Manny Wilkins is a gamer. If he Ever didn't impress me before, which for the most part he has. He's risen up in my book. Just being able to stay out there, take those licks, and wanting to battle for his team. The game was essentially lopsided. I don't know if you keep Wilkins in. I I think this is a point. I mean, we've seen Dylan Sterling Cole play already for whatever it's worth. That might be a situation where it's like, yeah, hey, I know you don't want to just... Give up and pull up, pull your quarterback. Why not put DSC in? I think at that point, you got to give him because at some point, if he's to be an effective quarterback, he's got to take some relatively meaningful snaps. And in a game like that, that's probably as good of a time as any.
0: Manny Wilkins' quarterback rating was about the equivalent of the Sun Devils' win total this season so far. Um, it, it was, it was. Heartbreaking, it was um, disappointing. Um, we've officially, now having seen what developed at Colorado, burned DSC's red shirt for nothing. For one interception. Um, if Dylan Sterling Cole couldn't get into this game. Exactly. I don't think that he is going to get in the game, and I think that that is gonna create somewhat of a quarterback problem and log jam. Um, for the coming seasons. I
2: fully agree with you. I um, fully agree. You heard my thoughts of uh, last week's podcast. I was like, well, okay. They burned the shirt and then they had the ball back at the 25 yard line and that's when they ran Sparky. So it's, yeah, I'm, you gotta put them in at some point.
0: We, the Sun Devils need to figure this out. It's obviously need to, it obviously needs to be done within the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. There has to be some sort of commitment to the run. You know, at first, because me and ralph disagree all the time at first um i thought hey you know what just give manny wilkins keys let him drive let him do his thing let him develop as he needs to and things will work out and things were okay i don't think i don't i don't think that way anymore i think now we need to start giving the ball to the big fellas let them run um grind it out pound it out get those yards um, Which, unfortunately, they were not able to do right. on Saturday, so that's but another issue. But, but until we start showing some consistency and sure. commitment oh, to yeah. that, we're never going to be able to. Oh, and absolutely. Now my opinion has changed on how the Sun Devils' offense should kind of run based on what I'm seeing with this Manny Wilkins-DSC-Brady White situation.
1: Well, I mean, he, he took a lot of punishment. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Physically, where he's at for Washington State, the thing that I really don't like is to see people take that that big of a beating. Right. Um, he's Rocky Balboa. I was gonna
2: say that's like a boxer. I yeah. mean, that's and you don't like seeing that stuff. No, you're right.
1: Yeah, and Rocky was getting paid, and that's <laughs> that's kind of to me true. where I, you know he he wasn't working for somebody that else's paycheck, um, and 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 I believe that as long as we're gonna pretend that the the that student athlete is a thing. Um, then, you know, we, we worry about their sure. well-being first and, you know, and the athletics second. And I, I honestly felt um, if you leave it up to any player who's a gamer and a warrior and a f- true football player, um, He's going to stay in.
0: Especially if they're trying to get that opportunity at a paycheck in the NFL, of course he's going to want to play. Like, the most disappointing thing is that you want to do the parent approach and say, hey, let me sit this guy for his own well-being and I got, I got a kid, mm-hmm. Dylan Sterling Cole, who is here to do the exact same job, who I need to give this opportunity to yeah. because I just flamed his red shirt the week before.
1: And this was a complaint that we had last year, which is why Manny Wilkins didn't get any reps,
0: mm-hmm. sure. uh, was
1: that even when you were down, you know, he wasn't out Correct. there playing any meaningful football, which you might actually see reflected in the way that he doesn't really read through his progressions um you know he'll stare he was staring down some receivers they weren't necessarily getting open because he had some great pass coverage from a very good colorado secondary um and 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 he was kind of getting punished for it he's also overthrowing some balls um and you know his his accuracy wasn't necessarily on point and when he did get it right to a receiver uh you know guys like isaiah oliver and uh and I think Chidobe Awuzie, they were right. they were all over the place, you know, and, and tipping balls away, and and the coverage was just really good. The pass rush was good. Um, Jimmy Gilbert, who wears number ninety eight as an outside rush linebacker, <laughs> is 6'5", 230, five two thirty. Doesn't look two thirty, but he was putting Manny on his back all game long, and it was just it was really to the point where you know, sure you can't. Get the running game going because the offensive line Isn't opening up big enough holes But what does more damage Rotating carries between Richard Bellage and Ralston and getting Your offensive lineman reps and then Punting after you only get eight mm-hmm. yards mm-hmm. Or letting your quarterback get blown Up two times have him throw for a First down then let him get blown up Three more times yeah. and then have to Punt um, and speaking of the punting game you know um, Matt Hawk Was incredible uh-huh. only eclipsed By Zane Gonzalez Kicking three fifty-plus yard field goals—that's only the sixth time in NCAA history that that has ever happened—and that guy is well on his way to the Groza Award.
0: But I, I, I love Zane Gonzalez. I, I love Legatron. But ASU is at a point right now, five and two, where not because I don't want him to get the love—we cannot let Zane Gonzalez be the story this season. Because if that happens, that means we're looking at a team. That's going to hover around closer to five hundred. That's right. Um, That's very true. I I think the guy's amazing. I think our field goal kicker's amazing. Zane is doing an incredible job, and I want him to get this award. But we just can't have him become the story. He doesn't need to
2: pile up the points, well, in in routes and losses like that. I mean, it's one of those things where yes. If a game is 27-21 and he comes back and hits three field goals, I'm with it exactly. I'm with but it. But you don't want him to have the three field goals for them to go from seven to sixteen when they've given up. And two of clubs. his
1: two of his long field goals were on negative yardage drives, and you can't have yes. that because that means you squandered an opportunity where you were already in in scoring a range. range. Um, So let's get into this. Uh, Some things about Arizona State, Brett, you've said over and over and have kind of been exposed. I talked a little bit last week about how as long as you keep winning, all that stuff backs up behind a dam. But if you don't win, it, it, the dam breaks and your frustrations get out. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about those things. But obviously, you know, we, we're, we're going to attempt to be a little bit more objective a, about them than just kind of being the fire Graham Twitter crowd. Uh, but what would you say right now? We'll start with, with you, Brett, and then move on to you, Chili. What would you say the three biggest weaknesses that need shored up for this team are?
2: Sure. Injuries, which unfortunately you can't always control. Number two, the running game has to be, whether we wanna say developed, strengthened. And third, there's gotta be a leader out there. And I'll jump back into the next three points in a second, but from a leadership standpoint, yeah, Tim White, he's a senior, and he's getting his yards, and he's doing it. But when I look on offense and defense, I'm not seeing the one guy like, the captain of this is the guy who can put the other 10 on his back. And that's not always fair to say on a football team, but I think ASU needs that one guy who, whether he's the safety, whether he's the quarterback, somebody's gotta say, this is my team. And I don't see that from anybody right now. The running game, obviously, we talked quite a bit and they're just not getting the carries. It just hasn't been effective. I was very optimistic going into this year between Belage and obviously um, Demario Richard. I- I'm not seeing that. It's basically been non-existent and especially the first half of games have just been low. Right, so and the running
1: backs, they there were not two successive plays of a running back carrying the ball until the last two drives of the half for Arizona State. Both drives when they probably should have been throwing and the sense of urgency should have been a little bit higher. So it's almost like they went from one inappropriate strategy to so the other. To the other. Uh, but, yeah, running back hadn't touched the ball two times in a row until the second-to-last drive and then the last drive of that actual first half. And in the third quarter, I think they only had seven yards on four carries. If I'm and not see,
2: that's, you're not going to win games like that in – The Big 12, the Big Sky, any conference, you've got to run the ball with some efficiency. And then, of course, the injuries. We never dreamed that we'd be talking about Dylan Stone-Cole and Jack Smith potentially getting in there a snap, especially not in early August when everything was preseason. And I think kind of from a leadership standpoint, and we got to talk to him during media day, Christian Sam not being out there, I think just has hurt hasn't necessarily hurt in numbers but i mean he's a guy who they counted on to do big things
0: asu the biggest problem right now is tackling like it's one thing that the student body at asu has problem wrapping up but that our football team has a problem doing it and can't make the hits and can't bring people down that is absolutely killing us on national television and you know we gotta be able to tackle people. We gotta be able to, you know, um, we, we just gotta be able to slow people down. Um, I can't even tell you how many um, missed tackles I've seen this season from ASU. And, you know, it, it's it's easy to say it when you're commentating on it and stuff and when you're, when you're discussing it. I'm not saying I could do it better, but like, yo dude, this is what you've got your scholarship for. Right. Like. Bring somebody down to at least dive in front of somebody. Right. So Todd but,
1: Graham said after the game, I don't think we can do any more than we're already doing as far as trying to get that in. So is that is that a is that a will not a skill issue? Is that does it come down to the players just not doing what they're supposed to?
0: No, we got good players on the scene. We got good players on the scene that know how to hit, um, and if we we got good players on the scene that know how to tackle. Um, the coaches have done a great job recruiting kids. Uh, we got good kids in here. I, I think it's, he's got to do something more.
1: So it's a coaching issue on it, your end.
0: It, I, I, I think there's, I hate to put it on any one person. I mean, I, I think it's a combination. Like the coaches got to teach and the kids got to listen. Dude, you go to ASU, you're on television. Like you're trying to get to the NFL. D1, Pac-12. Like right. this is the big time. Yo, know, people want to humiliate you. Who, who i don't care who's in the asu secondary people want to humiliate those guys people want to humiliate us on television because they know they're gonna dunna dunna like somehow somebody's gotta you know find it within themselves to be the jordan Simone type mm-hmm. and say f this you ain't going to humiliate me not on my field Not when we're on TV. And that's what I mean by that leadership.
2: Somebody has to take control. Doesn't have to be a senior. It can be anybody wearing that Sun Devil uniform. They've got to say, kind of like what you're saying, not on my field.
1: And I got to be honest, I don't see a lot of communication. Between the defensive players when they're out there. This defense I don't is,
0: see it on in the secondary.
1: Not just the secondary though. If you think about it, you want to talk about some of the best players on this defense, and if you would ask any any reporter who's had a chance to be around them, you know, what are some of their characteristics, you're gonna run into five or six of the most talented guys on defense having one of the first adjectives that gets used about them be oh, they're like a quiet, humble, like lunch pail type guy.
0: That's oh, good go, go, if okay. everybody's
1: bought in and kind of uh-huh. doing the same thing. And even Laiu Mokiola's speech before the season was like, "Hey, everybody, just keep your head down and do your job." You know, and that,
0: there's nothing wrong with that approach I, if I, it works. Right? <laughs> it it's works. just not working. It's just not working. Um, when I, it just takes one of these kids to not get humiliated on defense, to not slip and fall in the most untimely situation for, ever, for it to become contagious. Oh, wow. This person just laid that hit out. I'm going to do the same thing. That's what that's what I think.
1: And it's not just the secondary. If you notice, the defensive line, once they get to the quarterback, it's like they don't necessarily know what to do with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Outside of Koron Crump, which I don't know how much expectation you can have of a Juco guy coming in on his first sure. year. You know, if you can say, like, all right, well, you have to be the leader now because no one else really is. Right. Definitely. You know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily fair to say. It might it might just happen out of necessity. But, you know, would you get some of these big off uh, defensive linemen like George Lee to break through, and it's like when they get to the quarterback, and I tweeted this out. I didn't get any responses to it uh, during the game. I think a lot of people had probably checked out by that point. But are some of these new rules about how you can hit a quarterback, Have they just rendered some defensive linemen completely ineffective? Because they don't want to go up high and hit helmet to helmet. They don't want to dive down at the knee. How do you tackle a guy if you are the kind of person that runs somebody over and then you have mobile quarterbacks, you know, and and, and you can't necessarily get a hand on them and drag them down? What do defensive linemen really um, get to do? Or is it just a matter of this team doesn't have that part of it figured out yet?
0: I don't know. Let's talk to Colorado because they certainly had no problem hitting Manny Wilkins. I mean, protection is clearly a problem at ASU. Take that however you want.
2: Wow,
1: that's uh, that was terrible. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's let's get on to uh, the next topic. Um, but but for me, just to chime in real quick, uh, one of the uh, outside of just the running game. Uh, the way they're trying to do the uh, to set up the running game um, isn't necessarily working for me. Uh, Kalen Balaj has to be a between-the-tackles guy. Mm-hmm. Anytime his shoulders aren't square to the line of scrimmage, he will go down. It doesn't matter if the guy trying to tackle him is 120 pounds. He will go down. It's the, it's the difference. Kalen Ballage's power comes into play when he is moving forward. He's like a baseball bat. That's right. A bunt right. will hit the ball a few feet. Uh, a big cut will will hit a home run. Mm-hmm. You know When he's in the backfield and he hasn't gotten started yet, he is not dangerous for his size. It was a criticism of him coming out of high school. It was something that we saw last year. It's something that we're seeing this year. So this is a guy that trying to run him outside the tackles or or, or hand him the ball off to outside the tackles and not let him it's get his sh- own momentum out of that sparky formation is not a great idea. Uh, Demario Richard is somebody that needs that first initial hole. He needs to build up a little bit of speed. Maybe it's time for a smaller running back. If you're not going to open big holes, maybe you need to... Some speed to bounce yeah. to the outside. And the truth is they got a couple of kids. One of them's a walk-on. They got a, they got a couple of kids... Uh, that that are more on the diminutive side that can play some running back that might actually help out. And so for me, it's not necessarily that they're not even running the ball. I think the reason that they're not running the ball is they don't necessarily have the appropriate personnel for what the offensive line allows them to do right now. And so, I mean, I would just test out some other guys and maybe Nick Ralston after losing some weight Uh, and and going from kind of fullback size to halfback size, maybe he ends up being that guy, but you're not going to know unless you actually try it out. So for me, the biggest weakness is really how they're using the running game, which is something that the both of you have already brought up. But let's jump topics into Mike Leach, uh, who is always fun to talk about. Uh, Sometimes I like the guy, sometimes I don't. Um, Not a huge fan of what he did last year in implying that Arizona State stole signs and then after the game saying that, the reason they won is because they figured out how to steal signs. That's all in good fun. I still wasn't a huge fan of it because you're accusing somebody of doing something that you're not sure is happening or not. You call into question somebody's integrity without, without evidence, and I, I don't necessarily think that there's a place for that. And the way that Todd Graham reacted to it last year was by saying, everything that we do is within the rules, and that's all he said. And I think a lot of people maybe expected him to – to, to come, come out, out and be a little, a little bit more, more aggressive about it. But that's not really his style. There are definitely coaches in the Pac-12 that he favors more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, while Arizona State is having their Monday press conference and Todd Graham is talking about how much better he thinks Mike Leach is at coaching the Air Raid than the other two coaches that they've gone up against in Cliff Kingsbury and Sonny Dykes, you know, after he's done complimenting him, Washington State has their media availability, and, And Mike Leach talks about Arizona State having a command center where they steal signals, where they have microphones and cameras. uh, And it's all rumors that he's heard, but he thinks the NCAA should investigate. Now, maybe the NCAA should investigate now that we're at this point. Because it's gotten to the point where it's completely ridiculous. If you're going to accuse somebody of essentially illegal behavior... Correct. I mean, I think that you need to have some evidence of whether or not it, it's going on. So maybe maybe it does kind of fall to the NCAA to take this over because I personally feel like Mike Leach has been irresponsible with his comments. Um Especially if there is nothing going on, and again, Todd Graham responded in the same way that he did last year. Everything doing we're doing everything is li- exactly. Rules. And the media is going to paint this as a war of words and a feud between two coaches, but really, there's only one guy doing the needling here, and it's the one who kind of comes out and and, and, and does it to everybody to get to get under everybody's skin. i um, just kind of wondering what your guys' thoughts are. What what should happen from this point? Should somebody just be allowed to say? whatever they want, you know, because this almost... And Mike Leach and Donald Trump are friends, you know, and Donald Trump is out there saying the election's rigged, the election's rigged, (laughs) the election's rigged. So at some point you have to, like, address whether or not that's true because somebody in a role of power is saying it. Now you have a situation where Mike Leach has come out two years in a row, accused Arizona State of, if not cheating, then unseemly behavior. You figure it has to get to a point where maybe it should be addressed. What do
2: you guys think about that? Well, in my mind, Mike Leach is... I us say he lives up to his last name. He's a leech. He got ran out of Lubbock and he ends up in Pullman. Yeah, he's had some winning teams, but the yappity-yap, heck. I know this is gonna sound off the cuff, but the NCAA ought to investigate Mike Leach. I'm not, I, I just am not a fan of starting a whole bunch of, for lack of a better word, crap. I mean, Todd Graham has always seemingly been on the defense. Anytime he's playing uh, Mike Leach. So I think what Mike Leach is really doing, he's kind of like we we're saying with Trump, he's drumming up a lot of stuff almost to take the focus off of his team and his ability. So i I take Mike Leach really with a grain of salt. Chili, is he building an, ex- an excuse for losing? Um,
1: so if he loses, they can say like, oh, well, they cheat.
0: I, I think Mike Leach is somewhat of a Buddy Ryan type. He's a talker. He's a showman. Like, and he wants to grab the attention and the headlines and by any, by however he can do it, um, he wants to make sure that the spotlight is on him. So he's gonna say whatever it is that he has to say that in the end will help him or perceivably help his team look better. Oh. They won because they cheated. Every every camera, every microphone is going to be on him when he says that. But when he wins, then it's, oh, you know, we learned how to do that too. You
2: know, he – I mean, and he, what's crazy he, is he's bringing in a good team this year. I he, mean, they, he's – He's, a, he's, he's accomplished,
0: accomplished a lot coaching, yeah, has, clearly, he and he's sent a lot of players to the NFL, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's a good coach. Uh, he, he has, one, he, he has he,
1: one 10-win season ever. I do want to point that out. Ever. He has one 10-win season ever.
0: I mean, and that's why I say he accomplished some things. He, he's he's a good college coach. I, I do do I think that um, he's up there with the Bowdens and the Holts. No. no, I mean that's Absolutely. why he got no. ran out of Lubbock. But I mean, ran, you know, so. he's he's done some cool things, and you know, good good for him. the The ethics of which he's gone about them somewhat questionable. Um, I don't think that I don't I I don't think that this really helps him. I do think that you know it is somewhat of a way for him to make an excuse in the event that he loses, but I think it flips the other way too. It's just to keep the attention on him even more so when he wins. It magnifies it when when he wins.
1: I suppose. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine a situation in which Ray Anderson is in charge of Mike Leach. <laughs> Ray Anderson, who who will go on the radio and say, "I don't want you talking about winning a championship unless you know." You're actually out there winning championships. You know, something that uh, Todd Graham did that wasn't even necessarily that egregious. You know, Todd Graham came in and said, speak victory. You know, he he planned on being out there with the aspirations that they were having. And and Ray Anderson has him, you know, tone it down. I'm, I'm trying to imagine a situation where Ray Anderson would be able to deal with a dude who looks like the only thing that he got out of the divorce was a hoodie and a 1989 Ford Tempo. You know, and and just says whatever comes to his mind seems to be enabled by everybody uh, around him. You know, I I don't necessarily think that that I, I mean it really just has to be the fact that Pullman's been so bad for so long mm-hmm. yeah, that they don't it. care what he does. Yeah, yeah, he
2: he wouldn't exist in a Ray Anderson leadership role scenario. The two the two guys are just totally opposite. So no, I he, can't picture. He, he wouldn't
0: last two seasons. Yes, he wouldn't last correct. two seasons. He he would be ran out after the after he wasn't successful backing up anything the Mm -hmm. first summer the the first season but um you know and that's why it works for him in washington state it works for him up there you know um that school has a very very questionable football like history i mean they had some good players come through there but it's about like what once every like 10 years. It's
1: 11. a cycle. No, you're right. I mean, he's gone 3-9 two times uh-huh. in his tenure there. In
0: back-to-back early, seasons. early, early, You've got to give him a chance.
1: Yeah, he, I think it was his first and third year. Uh, he's 4-2 this year, but for the second year in a row, he's lost to an FCS school. Uh-huh. For the lost. second year in a yeah. row. He called into question the ethics of the police in Pullman already this year. You know, when when putting an absolute drubbing on Idaho, I think they won that game like 63 to nothing. he finished that game by cursing out Paul Petrino, you know, this isn't, this, it's not necessarily a guy that you should take seriously, but he's saying some serious things. And so I just want to know, like, does the NCAA have the ability to even step in and say like, all right, ASU, like open your, but let's come in, let's talk to some people so that someone can just issue a definitive statement to get rid of the stigma that Arizona state you know, cheats. I see a lot of people making the connection to the fact that like Todd Graham and Bill Belichick are friendly with each other. That that you know maybe ASU learned some techniques from from the Patriots. But ultimately, if ASU is stealing signals, which is in my purview, good coaching, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's stealing signals as much as it is picking up on uh, personnel packages and things that's like fair. that. That's fair. That's that's, that's uh, fair. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if they are, it's. It's legal. It's within
2: a – right. Right. So you're
1: standing on the sideline, moving your hands in a certain way, and then when you move your hands in a certain way, a player does a certain thing. And if you're a coach and you notice that, you're not supposed to tell your team to prepare for
2: it? I mean, it's like baseball. If you can pick off the other team's signals, more power to you. So I have zero issue with that. Should watching film be legal? Right. (laughs) That's –
1: You know, should you be able to use a quarterback on your scout team that models the opposing team's quarterback? You know, every single thing in this is is gamesmanship, and it's all Uh about preparation. They believe more than anything in the world that battles are won in preparation. But if Arizona State is, like, filming people and has microphones on the sidelines... Well, then that's a no-no. Yeah, but again, also a thing that I don't imagine Ray Anderson allowing
2: to become a distraction for this program. Yeah, I just... I don't think that they're... At that stage, um, I don't believe the NCAA is going to do any investigation. I think the Sun Devils are they they are are playing within the boundaries. I think that they definitely are. I think they run a clean program. All right, so let's just jump into this. What does ASU need to do to win? They've played two air raid teams.
1: They've got another ridiculous quarterback coming in and Luke Falk. Uh, they've got a guy coming in in Gabe Marks who's a wonderful receiver who this week I'm rooting for. Uh, simply because he called UCLA soft in the most magnificent way possible. <laughs> he said they, they act bad because they wear baby blue and no one thinks they are, <laughs> but it just comes off as weird. To me, that's one of the greatest criticisms of the, of the Jim Mora coach at UCLA Bruins uh, that, that I've heard, if you recall, that the same Bruins that you know, messed with midfield at, sure. at, at, at ASU uh, three years ago and this year, who ran out of the tunnel the same time as. Which, that was poor. That was just really
2: piss poor. I don't like that at all. Props
1: to Gabe Marks, but obviously this is a really talented team. They're 4-2. They did beat Oregon. They did beat UCLA. Um, Oregon is having a down year. UCLA didn't have Josh Rosen at all, and Washington State nearly lost that game. Um, Washington State isn't as good on the road as they are at home, but they are bringing Luke Falk in. He's given the devil's fits. What do you guys expect from this game? How does ASU win?
2: ASU has to and a lot of this is unfortunately obvious. They've got to they've got to tackle. They have to have some type of swagger. I'm even going to say they have to have a pick 6 to win this game. I know that may sound out there a little bit, but they have to have some type of defensive backfield celebration. That they've got to have that kind of that mojo. And then they just got they've got to chew up clock and it's not all about that they have to run, but they've got to keep that Cougar offense off of the field they have to win that time of possession battle probably like 36 24 I think at least I just think that they have to be in control of as much of the game because if Washington State is on that field more often than not it's going to be ugly
0: I think Luke Falk is the best quarterback ASU is going to see this year
1: and um, you've said that before you've said that before I don't I necessarily beginning of the season yeah I don't necessarily agree because I think Patrick Mahomes. If I was starting a team, mm-hmm. he's if the, I was starting a video game team right now, he's probably the guy I'd go with. But I mean, you've been high on him for a long time. Why? I, I think
0: I think he's so good. I think he. I think. Um, I think as much as I am not trying to credit Mike Leach, I think he has a great way of letting his quarterbacks kind of run things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Luke Falk is the. Best quarterback ASU is going to see this year, and I hope they do not get picked apart by this Washington State team. Um, Man, like, he just, he's got vision out there, and, you know, he's got got a connection with, like, two or three of his receivers that, like, is almost extraterrestrial. Um, Marks being one of them. I was going
2: to say, he spreads the ball around well. There's not, like, one big, well, Gabe Marks, yes, but he's got a nice supporting cast. So, if option one isn't open, option two and three certainly are. And a nice little running game to boot. So, yeah, I mean, they've got their work cut out for them, and they have to keep Washington State off the field. I mean, if they're not going to run the ball the way we've kind of envisioned and hoped, they've got to mix it up with a lot of short passes. They they just have to play smart and keep that game very short.
1: I also think that you have to uh, avoid getting in a situation where one screw up from the ref can do you in. Uh, last year, ASU never recovered from the fifth down that was granted to uh, to Washington State, um, one of the more egregious calls of the season. Uh, but you can't put yourself in a situation where you get dejected just because the ref screws mm-hmm. up. Um, and, and then you got to hope that the Pac-12 refs maybe screw up in your favor because you know something goofy is going to go on. It's been a better year than most as far as officiating, but you can't really ever depend on Pac-12's refs because it, it's a, just a different style of football that not a lot of people are adapted to. And, and officiating it seems
2: to be incredibly difficult. And this is also going to sound weird, but Madhawks punting, which has been excellent all year long, might have to come to another level because you don't want to see any touchbacks. You want to see balls go out of bounds at the two. Basically, what I'm saying is, Washington State has to play with a very long field. I mean, starting them starting at the twenty twenty-five. I'm not gonna say that's too short, but you gotta—they've got to be pinned back. Uh, it, it, one player who's the
1: key to the game this week? Who would you say?
2: Ooh, that is a—that's that, a great question. Um, wow, I'm gonna say Matt huck I'm gonna say the punter.
0: For Washington State, I'm going to say it's one of their running backs. Um, we got to figure out a way to slow them down, uh, slow down that ground game. Um, we, we already know that Luke Falk's going to throw. Um, he's going to throw regardless. Mm-hmm. So you got to slow down that running game. you got to make sure that that doesn't kill you. Um, I'd love to say, you know, uh, you know, stop Luke Falk, but he's going to throw 30, 40 times anyways.
2: Right. Um, well, I, as they say, you can't stop Luke Falk. You can only hope to contain him.
0: Some something like that mm-hmm. so you know I think I think uh if ASU can you know keep Washington State around maybe like 150 yards on the ground 120 yards on the ground I, I, I think they win um so that being said I, I think that you know ASU's key to victory is just the defense got to step up and play they got to hit people
2: They do, and that's what I mean. That secondary, I mean, they don't have to be like the Miami Hurricanes of the late 80s, early 90s, but, I mean, they got to come up with a big hit where you can chest bump the guy. they got to come up with something of, hey, son, I schooled you. There has to be, especially against a team like Washington State, that secondary is huge. Uh, For me, um,
1: Crump, uh, if he's the one guy that can actually get to a quarterback and bring him to the ground, you're going to have to see him do that two or three times. I think in order for ASU to keep this one close, um, are we ready to make some predictions on this?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take my shot. I'll go with um, let's go thirty twenty four Washington State.
0: Okay, chilly. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do twenty eight twenty four Washington State. Twenty
1: eight twenty four. I'm, I'm going to say that uh, if Manny is healed in time for this game to start and, and he's actually able to run with the ball, which is not so, huh, which is something he did like twice against uh-huh. Colorado and was punished both times, if Manny's able to run the ball himself, I feel like this is a, a game that, that Arizona State can win. So if from the quarterback position you have a net – of over 50 yards rushing, oh, man. a net. So we're not okay. we're talking sacks and everything like that. Taking that if you're sacking him a bunch, it doesn't matter what he does in the running game. But if you if, if you if you can get a net of 50 yards rushing, I think you can get the victory. I, I'll go ahead and say 31-28 uh, Arizona State. Okay. All right so, then. Well, work. we definitely think yeah. it'll be
2: close. All of us, yeah, it's
1: be good. So uh, after this week, I think we're going to be getting a little bit more into basketball. We'll talk a little bit more about Mill Madness and everything else that went down. Shout out to
0: my man Fabian, who did a hell of a job mm-hmm. with pictures. And can picture? Yes, he did. At Fabian Ardaya on Twitter, check him out. Those pictures, some of his pictures were so amazing, and I had to show him love. So uh, and this is you the you ain't where... any of those pictures. No, but okay. the basketball court, like you could just, you could look at his pictures and just feel the atmosphere. It was amazing.
1: Shout out to Bob. So we're going to end it with saying, you know, we we want to talk to you guys about this. So jump on over to devilsdigest.com, part of the Rivals Network. Uh, It's where you're going to get all the best information. Uh, It's where we've got a nice, awesome community of supportive Sun Devil faithful and fans. Uh, We love conversing with you guys. Come over. It's worth the subscription. It's worth the eight, nine bucks a month to get all of the information first and, and to be able to hang out with us. Uh, and talk with us. So devilsdigest.com, make sure that you subscribe. Um, Hode Rubino does it right over, uh, over there, and, and, and we're happy to be part of it. So make sure that you're subscribed to devilsdigest.com, and, and uh, we look forward to, to chatting with you about the podcast and everything else that's going on uh, with ASU Sports, and uh, we will see you after the game on Saturday.
0: I was living in a devil town I didn't know it was a devil town Oh, Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town.